الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء المرسلين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته مريم and all of our listeners maybe all two of you we don't know but uh, to the people <تصفيق> who are listening to the podcast um, hi مريم so to everybody who's listening my name is Janan and my co-host is مريم Uh, we are going to be talking about a very pertinent topic, uh, which is about the coronavirus and what it means uh, for us spiritually as Muslims, as well as just simply for humanity. But before we go into this topic, you might be wondering, who are we? Who is Janan? Who is Maryam? So we're just going to give you just like a one minute introduction, uh, talk a little bit about ourselves and about this podcast, and then we're going to jump right into the topic. Bismillah. Bismillah. Okay, so um, I guess I'll start. So my name is Janan. Um, some of you uh, might know um, the writers on virtualmosque.com. Uh, so I was one of the writers on virtualmosque.com. Um, I... Something that's very important to me spiritually is really connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing who Allah is. And so um, obviously building on other much, much greater works. Um, and with the help of Allah, I wrote the Names of Allah series on virtualmas.com as well as the Sweetness of Salah series. Uh, the Sweetness of Salah series was actually more like a, a translation rather than like I wrote it or something like that. But um, so that's kind of uh, my background. I've Um, yes, so that's basically my background. I I write. That's really um, not basically your background. Um, it is. I you guys can ignore her. Um, so so. Uh, <laughs> but that is basically uh, my background. So I basically just talk about you know spiritual things, imaniyat, um, and I just find these things really important. And one of my goals really is to uh, is to be closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and help people to be closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala just by simply. knowing who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, is. So that's really it for me. And Maryam, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Jinan, I've read so much of what you've written and suggested so many other people read it. Barakalofiki for the work that you do. Um, similarly, my, my passion and interest um, in Islamic uh, sciences are connecting to the Qur'an, um, women's issues, particularly because for me, I struggled a lot with hearing messages about women. And so in my studies, I have focused a lot on understanding what a hadith or a fiqh ruling really means as applied to women and policies that impact women. Um, and then also really working on identity and spirituality. My educational background has a lot to do with identity building and formation. And so looking at what um, the Qur'an and the seerah bring to us in terms of how to really find our voices in the lens of um, critical race theory and how to use that so that we can feel this immense um, honor and and this this love and this reveling in this connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in this identity of being a Muslim wherever we are in the world. Mashallah, amazing. And I think just for all of our listeners, uh, mashallah, Maryam is a memorizer of the Quran, a hafiz of the Quran, and no, she's just her as her studies. I just think it's important for our listeners to know that you know there there is there is some legitimacy here. We're just we're, we're not just some randomers. So um, <laughs> I mean, you're you're not, but uh, so well, um, I'm, I'm but Jinan is also. Yeah, there's so many things about Jinan that. She does, um, but she's also a student of um, Sheikh Akram Nadawi, mashallah, and she she has traveled and toured to give lectures and has such a unique perspective. Every time I talk to her, I feel like 
I just have so much more hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so I deeply appreciate that she not only has, you know, years of study, but she also merges that with like even looking at something as, you know, scary as the word punishment in a way that is hopeful. So barakallahu fiha. Jazakallah khair, Maryam. So I think this will kind of, this eases us into um, our topic, but maybe just before we start, just uh, why we're starting um, this podcast, because inshallah, we hope that it's going to be a regular thing. We hope that people find um, benefit in it. And I think maybe for both of us, part of the reason why we said that we wanted a podcast is because I think both of us um, get questions, uh, certain types of questions from people, uh, questions about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, questions about you know not having anywhere to go to ask questions and these aren't like mm-hmm. you know I mean for you mashallah obviously like some fiqh questions but some of them are just about relating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right and a lot of times people don't really know um, where to go they don't understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and we just wanted to kind of have this podcast to talk about basically current issues and looking at them from a spiritual light, maybe not even current issues, but just things that are pe- that people are struggling with. And we hope that we can kind of um, give a voice to their concerns, to people's concerns. And maybe, inshallah, through, you know, obviously, you know, with the aid and with the tawfiq um, of Allah, that we can help to... Um, to give people the perspectives that they need in order to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. us too. Ameen, ya Rabb. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic. So we actually, we had initially wanted to start with um, a topic about, you know, getting back to the basics. And we were starting our podcast kind of very slowly and recording each episode slowly. But I think both of us have found that with this coronavirus pandemic and the all these changes that it's creating in the world that um, a lot of Muslims um, have looked at it from very um, different ways, from different angles. Um, and so we have we, what we see sometimes online, obviously, like I think a lot of us are probably spending a lot, of, a lot more time on, um, online these days. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So what we're seeing is, you know, you know, people um, obviously and all these perspectives are, you know, they're valid. Right. So people saying and shiuch saying and people of knowledge saying that, you know what, this is a punishment because we're so we, you know, we're as a as an ummah or even just as humanity, like we've done so much bad in the world that this is kind of a punishment for that. Right. Um, more specifically, Maryam, you were saying that people saying that, you know, the mosques are co- the clo- are closed and Mecca and Medina are being closed uh, to worshippers. And this is like a specific punishment for uh, the Muslims that actually, do you know what, you've been maybe ignoring your duties or ignoring the house of Allah so much that, you know what, it's actually going to be close to you. Um, um, what other things were you hearing, Maryam? Exactly. Just um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, uh, you know... As an ummah, we have not protected our vulnerable. We haven't cared enough about, you know, the Muslims who are um, suffering, the Uyghurs the, in China, the um, the Muslims in Palestine, the Muslims in Syria, just so many different parts of the world. It's just we we have ignored our responsibility to our brothers and sisters in Somalia. All, all over, there are, there are Muslims and those who are not Muslim but who are vulnerable, who need protection and who need, um, you know, those who will come to their aid and we have not been doing that. And so collectively we must face the consequences of feeling the pain of the quarantine, the house arrest of the people of Kashmir, the fear of the people um, in, you know, 
all these different parts of the world who've been experiencing this for decades and now it's time for all of us to feel that pain like this 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 type of this type of message that um we haven't upheld the rights of um, the vulnerable amongst us. We have transgressed and been heedless in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he has closed the doors of, of, of his of his houses of mercy for us. Um, and that um, and that really, you know, collectively we just haven't cared enough about prioritizing our relationship with Allah. And now we are forced to, like, really face, you know, disease and death, or at least not being able to prosper uh, in our lifestyles. Okay, so that's obviously like a big uh, part of um, the message that we're hearing. And so one thing that maybe I would say is that possibly. The thing is, um, a lot of times we have to refrain from saying this is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. that is actually something from Ilm al right? right, uh, right. We cannot say that this happened because X, Y, Z. I mean, in the Quran, Allah sometimes tells us that, yes, this punishment came down because X, Y, Z. But who is saying that? It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. right? Um, uh, so that is one thing. So we can't say that it is specifically this or that or the other because that's you know we we uh, like we cannot speak in god's name and say that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, this was his intention or this is the purpose so on and so forth because we don't know however um we can uh, like i think perhaps a benefit of this is that it requires us to reflect on our actions because at the end of the day everything and anything is a sign and when it is something that is so out of the ordinary and also something that causes a lot of suffering it behooves us even more to look at it as a sign whether it is a punishment or a hardship or however you want to look at it however way you want to look at it the effect of it should be that we should reflect on ourselves firstly individually because at the end of the day I actually cannot control the ummah or and I cannot control humanity, right? right, right. And Allah is not going to ask me about what other people did and what other people didn't do, but he's going to ask me about me. And I think we have to remember that the companions, when something bad did happen, they did look at their actions. They did fear, like, what, was it our actions? Was it, you know, collectively or individually? Was it us? And I don't think that that's such a negative thing, Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I think sometimes perhaps the way that it's worded or even us, the way we interpret it, sometimes maybe it's not the intention of whoever said it to say sure. that this is a punishment because you're so bad. Allah, you know, obviously like this is actually said with a good intention, right? Right. That, like, guys, please wake up. And so, um, so I personally, I don't see that. Let's just say it is a punishment because we don't know. I, I, you know, I'm, I spoke uh, about this before to you, Mariam, and I was like, I don't think we should spend so much time trying to figure out the why, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, it's all going to be speculation, right. right? Because we really don't know. It's going to be speculation. We don't know. And once we spend so much time trying to figure out the why and we go into it so, so much or not so much, but too much, I feel that that is from shaitan because we're focusing on the wrong thing. We're mm -hmm. focusing on the why rather than what am I actually supposed to be doing? Right. So let's just say it is a punishment. Let's just say, like, this is halas, it's agreed upon or something, you know, like, it is a punishment, right? Mm -hmm. um, personally, I see that as, as a good thing. And why? Why would the punishment be a good thing, right? And subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is 
the most merciful, right? Like the Prophet ﷺ, when he describes mm-hmm. the mercy of the, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does he tell us? Like he's with the companions. And, you know, there's this mother who's looking for her child, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like somewhere on the battlefield and she's looking for a child. And she, you know, can, you know, imagine, imagine like, you know, you're a mother, Maryam, right? And like the franticness of like not knowing where your child is. And suddenly you find your child and oh my God, the relief. And you pick up your child and you nurse your child. You see, oh my God, like that is the the kind of the epitome of what we regard as rahmah or mercy, right? Right. And Allah right. subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us that, he tells the companions, like, do you see that? Because, you know, some people might say, you know what, my mom is not merciful with me, right? Because if we just say Allah is more <laughs> merciful towards you than, you know, your own mom, and some of us are just like, well, my mom is just not merciful, right? I mean, when I have but I mean, obviously, we all right. have different traditions right, right, our right, parents, right? right? So some people might be like, I don't connect with that when you say more merciful than, you know, a mother. Right. But the Prophet mm-hmm. didn't really say a mother, right? He pointed at that scene, that thing that was happening live in front of the companions. And he says, Allah, do you see that? Allah is even more merciful than that. Like that's what you're seeing, that overflowing of mercy. Mm. Allah is more merciful than that. Mm. Okay. SubhanAllah. So that is the first thing to actually to think about. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to remember, like, this is kind of the foundation, right? Like, we we recite every surah in the Qur'an. We we start, like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has at least 99 names, right? We don't start the Qur'an or ayat or the surahs in the Qur'an, the chapters in the Qur'an with, A'udhu Billahi, you know, Al-Qawil Aziz, for example. We right. can't. They're all beautiful names. But we start with reminding ourselves of His mercy. Why? Because when you read the Qur'an, you are reminded that this Qur'an is coming from the most merciful. So what does this have to do with corona and punishment? Like, Janan, why are you talking about punishment and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy? Like, aren't these two things polar opposites? But they're really not. Mm-hmm. Because subhanAllah, sometimes really like a punishment can be a mercy. Yes. Sometimes, you know, if you're a child and let's just say, you know, your your mom grounds you, for example. Like, obviously, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far above any analogy. But this is just so we can kind of, you know, imagine it at like a human scale, right? Um, and you maybe hated your parents at that moment, you know, for them, for denying you something or for punishing you for something, right? Maybe just something dangerous, right? Um, And then later on, you kind of realize maybe when you became a parent that you're just like, oh my God, oh my goodness. Like, of of course my mom would punish me. Like, imagine if I had continued. Imagine if I, what would have happened, right? Right. And you realize that even though that thing that seemed harsh, like the essence of it, that what was behind it was rahmah. It was like, listen, like this is like literally like if you go on this path, you are going to go down the path of destruction and I as your parent have to stop you. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe it might seem harsh, but this was actually the only way because I told you in nicer ways, you know, and you didn't listen. Um, and so now I have to kind of take this step forward and like, you know, I don't have kids, but I have nephews and sometimes I'm like, guys, stop, guys, stop. (laughs) And then I'm really harsh, you know, and then they stop. And they might be like, oh, my God, our aunt is so mean. You know what I mean? But then perhaps mm-hmm. later, hopefully in 10 years, they'd look back and be like, oh, actually, she was telling us not to, you know, mm-hmm. um, go really fast on the road. Because sometimes we go outside of our house and uh, they're riding their bikes. And like sometimes they're riding in the middle of the road. And sometimes I'm just like, guys, stop it. And I'm screaming. Right. Right. Um, because they won't listen. And they might be like, God, she's so mean. Why is she screaming at us? And they might be upset. And sometimes I punish them. And I say, you know what? You're not allowed to ride outside. Go back inside. And so my actions get progressively harsher. But at the essence of it is what? At the essence of it is love and mercy for my nephews. Mm-hmm. Right? SubhanAllah. And they might, and so, they might even... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead, please. Mm-hmm. Just that they might even realize later that she was trying to save us from ourselves. Exactly. Right. Ahsanti, right. Like <laughs> literally. But she was trying to save us from ourselves. She was trying to save us from something that was actually so much worse. And so when people say that, you know, this is a punishment. And again, it could be because like we all see different things in our life. We see like good and bad, but maybe collectively like, yeah, we dropped the ball a little bit, you know, maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot. Right. Mm. But we see sometimes things around us. Right. We see things that are really alarming, that are really concerning. Um, and so when we see these things and then people you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually recently wrote an article about this so this name is kind of at the forefront um, about Allah's name Al-Halim right Mm. so one of the meanings of Al-Halim is basically the one who uh, delays punishment even though he can punish like there and then but he delays punishment and the reason why he delays punishment is uh, so that you can Return to him so that you can reflect on your actions without having to get punished, right? In order for you to turn back. And so in reflecting on this name that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Halim, but at the at the root of Al-Halim is actually having reason and wisdom. Mm. And so um, so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Halim, when he is forbearing with you and you know he doesn't punish you and he lets things go, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously that is a part of Allah's mercy, hundred mm-hmm. percent, mm-hmm. and but it's, it comes with a purpose. It comes absolutely with a purpose, and the purpose is reflect on your actions, learn from your actions, learn from your mistakes, return back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Now, what happens if Allah keeps or just allows you to make all of these mistakes and never um, gives you a sign to rectify your actions, and you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again, and nobody points points it out to you or maybe you think you yourself think that it's not that big a deal because at the end of the day like you aren't punished for it so it can't be that bad right right so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so then what so then the hell becomes in a sense um obviously like it's not Allah but but let's just say in a human being that hell will lack wisdom right Mm-hmm. Like let's just say one of my nephews now is like one year old. This I mean, he's obviously he's one year old, but like he can do no wrong, right? I'm just like, oh my god, this kid is gonna have to have me like wrapped around his finger. You know what I mean? Uh, but obviously there's like a negative part to this. Like let's just say whenever he does something wrong, I'm just like, no, don't punish him, poor baby. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. When he grows up, obviously not now. He's one, you know. Right. Um, but then what's going to happen, right? Like he's going to end up being maybe a spoiled kid. He's going to end up being um, basically inconsiderate um, because no one ever told him, right? Nobody ever told him, they ever punished him and told him, no, this is the line. This is the red line. You have to stop, right? Yeah, I think I think so, I just want to clarify something that you're saying because I think punishment mm-hmm. is a word that means different things to different people. And mm-hmm. like, I think what you're saying is that like for example in the in the example of your nephew and your nephews may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and bless all of them I mean you're saying like it's not that you would punish them like so this is like the word punishment is very strong there's like so many different connotations to it I think what mm-hmm. I'm understanding from you is that you're trying to teach them there are consequences to your actions so that you can be a more responsible and more cognizant individual in the way that you live your life and in the way that you um, impact other people's lives so 
like, for example, you talked about um, biking with your nephews and when they get to mm-hmm. a point where they're not listening and they can actually endanger themselves and other people, you no longer allow them to keep biking and you take them inside. Their punishment isn't that, um, okay, their punishment isn't that they aren't allowed to have dessert for the next month because they were biking and they were not listening to you. You gave them, you gave them something that's directly related to what can impact their actions in the future because they recognize that when they're unsafe and they're jeopardizing themselves or other people, then they no longer have that privilege until they know that they're going to be more responsible. So like, like I think for that concept of like punishment, how does that fit into like the name Al-Hadim? How does that fit into like the type of punishment we're seeing is so is 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 pretty intense for so many different types of people, but maybe not intense enough for other people. So, like, how do you process that? Mm-hmm. So, inshallah, I'll I'll talk about that. So, let me just go back to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's name, Al Halim. So, I was giving the example just of my nephews because I spend a lot of time with them, right? So, obviously, the punishment, quote unquote, punishment is kind of is different in that regard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so when I say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-halim, uh, and basically at the root of hilm, at the root of forbearance is wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, won't punish, okay? Because punishment is sometimes a direct consequence of a certain action, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, and okay, we'll, we'll talk about the, what punishment means in, in a second. Um, but basically, the point was, if you allow somebody to keep making that mistake without letting them rectify it or letting them um, get away with it. Let's say something really bad, like it's something horrible. It might even harm other people or harm themselves, harm themselves spiritually, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Then your hilm, just as a human being, right, is actually negative. It's not positive. Mm. It might seem to be merciful. It might seem merciful, but you know what? It's not because actually the the consequence or the end result is that person is going to keep going on their way, right? Uh, committing the same mistakes or doing the same wrongs or 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 you know harms or whatever it is. Um, and at the end of the day, they're going to suffer far worse consequences in the future because of that. Right. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is Al Halim. And the root of, of hilm is reason and wisdom. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he might let something go, right? So maybe collectively as an ummah, uh, there are a lot of things that are wrong, right? There's a lot of greed. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, disobedience. Um, there is, and again, I'm talking generally and collectively. This is not about individuals at all, right? right? Like we all know amazing individuals like mashallah right it's just the most amazing like you mentioned Sheikh Akram at the beginning right. like, mashallah, the Allah. this person is like a gem of the ummah mashallah. right um and so what I so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he can allow people to kind of to continue on that path and people start to think that you know what I'm doing is not a big deal until something like this happens mm. there is a global pandemic. People are afraid, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's it, it's touching everybody, good and bad, rich and poor, whatever. It doesn't matter who you are. It's literally going everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so what's the effect of that? If I interpret it as a punishment, let's just say I look around me and I'm thinking, oh my God, we are really, really, really bad. Like we're so messed up as, as a species, as an ummah. Oh my God. 
now fine let's say i interpreted it as a punishment maybe it is but then what am i supposed to do you know what it's a punishment then ya rab what can i do right okay um i can say me personally um i um am so much more heedless than i used to be and you know what i need to actually really really focus um on my prayers i need to work on my khushu' and then this wakes me up yes and then that punishment spiritually spiritually becomes something positive like obviously it's still a test obviously there are people that are getting harmed and it's going to test us when you see people suffering of course 100% right mm-hmm. um but at the same time it also wakes me up to say do you know what I need to wake up and I need to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And not only that, I need to try to bring the people that I love with me. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's about all of us. Right. So I think that's one thing. Now let's talk about the word punishment. Okay. Um, I think we, we have to always realize like the context that we're in. I think the word punishment today just carries with it... Um, not only negative connotations because punishment is obviously just as a word like it's negative mm-hmm. but we live i think in an era right. where punishment itself is bad mm-hmm. like it has no utility mm-hmm. um it's unnecessary um and i think we need to realize that that is probably it's it, something i guess maybe like a you know like a definition that has only just maybe recently kind of developed where all types of punishment are seen as bad or wrong um, and unnecessary and um, uh, unjust, right? Like sometimes when we think of punishment, we think of something that is unjust, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. But I think when we think of the word uh, punishment as it relates kind of... um, Islamically, or when you think of the actions um, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I think we just have to realize that what a punishment is, is something that makes us uncomfortable. And it can take uh, many different faces. Um, But the ultimate purpose, ultimate, ultimate purpose, is actually, especially when it's a punishment in this life, it's actually for us to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, subhanAllah. Yes, like the ayat in Surah Sajda. The ayat in Surah Sajda. Please recite the ayah, Maria. وَلَنُذِيقَنَّهُمْ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ الْأَدْنَى دُونَ الْعَذَابِ الْأَكْبَرِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرُجِعُونَ Right. And so subhanAllah, this ayah literally means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will let you taste like the lesser punishment, okay? So that you can avoid the greater punishment, right? So punishment, like by its very definition, is something that will make you, at the very least, let's just say uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It might hurt you. It might harm mm-hmm. you. Okay. Um, but because it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a greater purpose behind it. There's a much higher purpose behind it. Even if it is, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Um when I was younger, um, I was, uh, I remember this incident, uh, I was praying and uh, my mom was calling me and um, she was calling me and I was praying and I was thinking, oh my God, like, like obviously like I was thinking because I couldn't focus because my mom was calling me, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember being so annoyed because I was thinking, oh my goodness, like if I'm not answering you, like I'm probably like either in the restroom and I can't hear you or like I'm praying, like <laughs> it's one of the two, like I, I never not answer my mom. Mm. 
Um, and so I finished praying and I was so annoyed and I was literally like, I was, you know, 12 or 13 years old and I was like getting ready to like get up and be like, mom, like, you know, like I'm praying, stop, you know, or whatever, uh-huh. like just really annoyed. And so as I was getting ready to do that, this was like my Nia, right? This was my intention that I was going to go and, you know, basically give my mom a piece of my mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, as I was doing it, I was removing my prayer gear, right? Mm-hmm. So as I was doing that, I wasn't watching where I was going. And oh my God, I hit my head oh. on the corner of the, the door. Oh. And I got this huge lump literally on top of my head, Somehow. right? And I stepped backwards and I was like, ouch. And then I laughed. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, oh my God, Ya Rab, it's okay, I get it. Like, I get it, I get it. Astaghfirullah Like, I was literally going to go and shadow my mom. You know, and then, like, literally, I got a hit on the head. Like, literally, I was like, this felt like Allah hit me on the head. You know what I mean? To be like, what is the matter with you? Subhanallah. Do you know what I, I mean? I think the greater lesson in that is that, um, Tabarakallah, Jinan had wisdom from a very young age. I think that's the real part of no, 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 please. But I, I get what know, you're saying. It's amazing. Yeah. But this is the thing, right? So sometimes, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I probably would not, you know, if that hadn't happened, I would have probably shouted my mom. If I shouted my mom, what's going to happen? She's going to get mad at me. Um, what's going to happen? I'm going to incur sins, right? Um, and then those sins are probably going to be written. If I don't repent for them, if I don't feel bad about what I did, then then those sins are, you know, going to stay with me until Yom Al-Qiyamah if I, if I don't go back and ask for forgiveness and don't ask for forgi- forgiveness from my mom. But almost like all of that, was like circumvented, right? Because I literally got a hit on my head, mm-hmm. right? And that's why I'm like, you know what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like you said, like he might let you taste a lesser punishment so you don't face a bigger punishment, mm-hmm. right? And that is from the mercy of Allah. Allah might make you suffer a little bit, right? But this is the other thing. So when we talk about punishment, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it could be punishment, okay? Uh, because when we say punishment, punishment is usually as a result of something bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, so possibly, right? If we look at it collectively, possibly that this is what it is. Individually, it could also be what it is. But also, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us that sometimes that you know we are tested like as a hardship, but in order for us to get closer to Him and in order for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to raise our station. I mean, we can really get complacent. Maybe we're not committing bad, you know, really huge sins. Maybe we're doing some good. Okay, we're good. You know, we do some, we pray and, you know, we're, we're okay. Mm. You know, we give charity. But is that all, all there is? Like, what about this strong relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This feeling that Allah's with you all the time and then really just wanting to do everything for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Mm. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might subject you to a hardship, to a test. Again, in order to raise your station. Maybe, you know what, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like, you're good where you are, you're okay, but Allah wants to raise you higher. And you won't get higher if you're not tested. You just, you're not. And we see that in, like, daily life, right? We see that in, uh, you know, like, literally in any kind of field. Um, If, for example, you are into working out or into exercise or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't put yourself under a little bit of hardship, let's just say you're sitting with your one kilo weights, okay, and you know you're doing like whatever twelve reps or something like that, you're just like, oh, okay, I'm good. I did my exercise for the day, and it's just like, yeah, that no. I mean, okay, fine, it's better than nothing, but 
yeah, you're not doing much, yeah. right? So you put yourself under a little bit more stress, you get your heart rate up, you maybe pick up, you know, you know, whatever, bigger weights or whatever it is. And that's, that's where you grow, right? That uncomfortableness, like you see, like, honestly, quotes like this all the time on Instagram, okay, all these influencers on Instagram, right, that are just like, this is where you grow when you're uncomfortable, mm. this is, and you're thinking, you're like, subhanAllah, like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us this, like, more than 1,400 years ago, do you know what I mean? That, like, literally, you're, you, in order to raise your station, in order for you to learn more about yourself, in order for you to learn more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very, very different way. You know, I'll tell you something. Again, uh, one of Allah's names is Al-Wakil, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so Al-Wakil is the one that, you know, the, the, I mean, I'm just going to translate it very loosely, but the trustee, mm-hmm. okay? So the one who you put your complete trust in. And when you put your trust in somebody, um, and obviously that person is trustworthy, mm-hmm. okay? Um, they protect that, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and so it's very easy to say, I trust in Allah. Very easy to say, I trust in Allah when everything goes your way. That you're like, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, I'm going to trust in Allah. And, you know, it seemed you were in such a hardship and then what you wanted happened. Right. 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 I mean, that, it's very easy to believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a wakil in that circumstance. But then what happens when, so now, you know, you, you had those moments. You had those moments when you put your trust in Allah and good things did happen. Like things that are obviously on the surface good. Okay. Now what happens when you put your trust in Allah but the worst thing that could have happened actually happens to you. May Allah protect them. Now, now you're tested. Your faith, your faith is tested, right? Mm-hmm. You think, but Allah, I put my, I put my trust right. in you. Yeah, Allah, like I put my trust right. in you. Um, and then you know what? You grow, because Subhanallah, in that moment, you you ask yourself a question, and that question is, okay, do I only trust Allah when things go my way? when I see things as good or do I trust in Allah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the way that he decides things should mm-hmm. go and so when you put your trust in Allah in that situation in that moment when it's so hard to say I don't want to trust in Allah but you might feel that that is really I feel like you actualize like really true submission like really true islam you know like allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's hard it's not easy it's really hard you know when things aren't going your way and the worst thing you could have imagined actually happens right but still in that moment right and he is like the best trustee like i could not trust anybody other than him or above him then it's like, okay, your relationship with Allah is taken a different dimension because even in the circumstance where on the surface things seem that they're going bad, you still have trust in Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens to you, inshallah, opens to you other doors. And you get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by different, by other names, right? And so I think that's also very important to realize. So sometimes, yes, we talked about the punishment aspect. But then we also talk about just hardships and tests in general. And sometimes, you know, in kind of today's culture, we like to talk a lot about the positive things. You know, the universe is doing whatever you want it to do and, you know, things like that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, as long as you put an idea out into the universe, the universe is just going to make it happen just because. Um, right. You know, I, I, think, I think the universe is like some kind of gym, really. You know what I mean? People are just like, put it out there. And, you know, the 
universe jinn is gonna take my dream and like make it come true um no I'm, i'm not mocking people i'm sorry but i'm just saying that like it's just this idea it's very easy idea whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like he actually tells us, no, look, this this life, there are going to be tests. But this is the thing, you have to remember like what is beyond, what is after this test. And what is after is really Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like we remember as Muslims, as like sometimes we really have to um, remember that we're returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And anything that happens in this world is supposed to be, idnillah, direct us to a good return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not a bad return. And so when we're right. faced with these hardships, when we're faced with, you know, is this a punishment? Is this a hardship? And we also have to know how these messages affect us personally. Because it's the thing, somebody thinking that it's a punishment might be good for them because that's what it takes for them to change their actions because maybe they know that they've been really sinning, like really obvious sins, right? And so this is what makes them change their actions. Because when they realize it's a punishment and they take it personally, they're just like, oh my God, that actually becomes a cause for them to become better. For example, other people, the punishment, like maybe they're already really trying to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then somebody tells them it's a punishment and you're just like, I don't know what else to do. Like I'm trying really hard and that caused them to despair. No, no, no. That's Mm -hmm. not shaitan. This is the thing. You have to understand how the message affects you. If the message affects you in a way, that gets you closer to Allah, great. That's the message that you should listen to. If it causes you to despair, right. that is shaitan 100%. So we really have to look at the different messages. We really have to understand that, yes, it could be a punishment collectively, individually. Allahu alam, only Allah knows. Allah knows what's in our hearts, right? It's definitely a collective mm-hmm. hardship and even a personal hardship, right? But remember, mm-hmm. what is the purpose of hardship? It's not for no reason. Allah doesn't, you know, doesn't do things abatha, doesn't do things, you know, for no reason, for no purpose. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like literally there's a purpose behind everything. And also, subhanAllah, like there is, so this is kind of like the, the, um, I don't use, I mean, I guess these are the signs that kind of make us wake up and should kind of alert us. But then there's other aspects to it, right? Maybe, yes, the masajid are closed, okay? Their masajid are closed. Maybe, yes, Mecca is, you know, uh, uh, they've, you know, shut down basically visiting the haram. And again, like, again, this could be a punishment. But also people are taking it so personally that, you know, I was intending to make hajj and now I feel like Allah doesn't want me personally to come on hajj. Mm -hmm. No, you should remember Mm -hmm. the hadith that, you know what, you had the intention. Allah rewards you as though you went to hajj. Like, Mm -hmm. look how beautiful that is. You couldn't go. It was out of your power. You know what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards you as though you went to Hajj. And you know what? Mm-hmm. If you if you have been committing like a secret sin, Allahu alam, we all do, then it's like, you know what? Let me go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that when I do get to go to Hajj, I am free of the sin. Right? There's a very constructive mm. way to look at it because we have to remember the Prophet ﷺ was barred from Mecca for like 10 years, right? Right. I mean, the Prophet ﷺ and 10 years, not like now, now they hits for a few months. They say it could be up to a year, up to a year. Like, Allahu alam, we don't know more or less, but like the Prophet ﷺ was barred for 10 years. And again, I'm not saying I don't, I really don't want to play down that it could be a punishment or it could be a hardship, but I feel like we have to change the way we see punishments and hardship. It's not whether it is or it is not a punishment or a hardship, it's how we interact with punishments and hardships. Mm-hmm. And there's a constructive way to interact with a punishment and a hardship. 
And the constructive way is everything that I've been talking about, like get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his names and understand that, you know what, Allah wants you to return to him. Sometimes it might be in a way that's kind of harsh, but even that there's a reason for it. Because maybe there are certain dimensions to the relationship with Allah that you would not feel if it wasn't in the situation of, of hardship. Maybe you would never be alerted to your punishment. Uh, to, sorry, to your bad deeds if it wasn't a punishment. Allahu Alam, we're all different. But then on the positive side, on really on the positive side, a lot of us are so busy with work. We are so inundated with like, you know, going to the office, doing this, doing that, whatever it is, right? All these different things that we're like constantly bombarded with. And now obviously you have to face it. telling you to slow down stop being dunya 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 right because that's what we are we're you know i mean obviously we're chasing our risk and our livelihood but at the same time maybe we're paying attention to it a little too much not all of us but some of us and those of us who are and we've been given this time for solitude then let me use this time again to reflect and to go back to allah let me use this time to get back to my quran let me use this time to reflect on certain things right I think that's like no, no, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. no, just that that point is think I think it's very also like really important in the sense of there are people who are so consumed with their work um, and with making more money and just building their savings and spending and, you know, incredibly large amounts um, because that's their lifestyle. But then there are other people who are working multiple jobs and have been so impacted by the pandemic that they've lost their jobs and they're, you know, looking at losing their homes and like they're fearing not having food security. And I think like in that circumstance, I think I, I, I see that, you know, the message of remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more, don't be so focused in the dunya. But I don't know the wisdom behind, you know, a, a circumstance in that situation where a family is now facing mm -hmm. poverty. I mean, maybe maybe a circumstance in that situation is just maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts blessings in their life from places they didn't expect. Maybe maybe there will be like a like a like maybe the the, the state will provide some sort of relief where they don't have to work, but don't have to also pay rent mm -hmm. or pay their bills. Maybe there's going to be some sort of opportunity for them to be able to just rest instead of constantly having to work. I don't know. But I think your point is that maybe there's a wisdom behind it in the sense of even in what seems like uh, an extreme hardship, and it absolutely is, maybe there's some sort of hidden mm -hmm. blessing in it that we won't be able to mm -hmm. tell. So yes, for sure. So like, as I said, we all have to look at our own circumstances and what it means for us. Mm -hmm. So maybe when I was saying people who are like, you know, so into work and making money, that's a certain type of people. It's obviously like other people, as you said, it's impacting them so much. But this is also... It's also a test for the people who have. Why? Because it's like, okay, now it's our time to step in. Maybe I'm a person who has a regular salary that I'm going to keep getting. Maybe I have really, you know, I've been saving and I'm good. Or maybe I'm, you know, I'm, de you know, decently well off. What am I doing now to support those mm -hmm. who are, who were working four jobs or three jobs? You know what I mean? And now they've lost their source of income. Right. This is also a test really for the people who have. And it's like, what are now you doing for this social, you know, for, for, for the solidarity? And again, for the people who mm -hmm. are working, they're, they're, they're thinking, oh, my God, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like I literally recently somebody um, emailed me and told me that they had they were terminated from their job because of this. Right. And I think, mm -hmm. um, again, this is definitely like it's a hardship and it's a test. 
and it's also very important to see it like from that angle and like and and at the end of the day like if you are in that circumstance there's there is the the material hardship right that it's like wait okay yes i maybe i feel it or whatever it is or if but it's not just an uncomfortableness it's actually i'm going to be kicked out of my home or whatever it is right and um mm-hmm. um and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like he puts us all through very different hardships somebody it might be losing their job somebody it might be god forbid you know getting cancer somebody it might be there's all these different things right and it's up to us mm-hmm. individually to go back to allah in that circumstance even if it's very hard that's what i was talking about trust in allah like do we trust in allah when the worst thing that we could have ever expected to happen actually happens right and actually remembering mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. everything inshallah should push us towards a good return to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remembering that there is something higher which is going back to allah which is going back to allah mm-hmm. subhanahu wa ta'ala in the best way but i really think that it's definitely a time for this type of solidarity really um we we always like muslims we always talk about like oh we're so charitable mashallah we are there are a lot of people are super like very very charitable but like now again this is time to really like buckle up and say what can we do you know um how can mm-hmm. we help um and maybe start a fund like some restaurants are you know because they're closing you know temporarily and some of them are like small businesses and they can't keep paying their employees actually i've seen a lot of restaurants that have you know um started a fund saying you know like help us like pay our workers for the next you know two weeks because we are actually like we're a small business um and it's not like we have you know it's not like it's a big corporation that can afford to pay people for two weeks without getting any income for those two weeks um and i think the other thing mm-hmm. to remember is also the beautiful ayah which is in the matter of and uh mm-hmm. that with hardship there are eases and i really believe and i've seen it in my life but also in a lot of other people's lives that like when allah tests you with a hardship there are some eases that maybe we're not even paying attention to so the person i mentioned who lost their job they lost their job and i was like oh my goodness are you okay are you staying with somebody and they're like oh yes i'm living with my mom and um, mm. and they're like oh but you know i don't have a good relationship with my mom but i was thinking oh my god and like i was relieved just from the from that from like the angle that oh you have a place to stay right and it might be hard for you right. to see it in that moment because you're like oh my god i got terminated from my job and i don't have a good relationship with my mom but it's like but you have to have a you have a place to stay right so it's also very right. important to look at maybe the cushions or the eases that allah gave us they might not be so obvious they might not be so clear you know um but they uh but they're there they're there So Maryam, did you want to say anything because I don't know if you can hear it's really raining like really really hard. Uh, yes, subhanallah. Um, I was going to ask you if it's pouring yes. over there. It's actually raining here too. Oh, what's subhanallah? subhanallah. So, so would you like to say So if you want to maybe uh some final thoughts uh maybe that you want to leave our listeners with just so you know um I should go back and and not you know get stuck out in the rain. <laughs> Mashallah, may Allah bless you. Um, yeah, I definitely don't want you to get stuck in the rain. Thank you. Barakallahu fiki, Jinan. I think that um, just two things for me. I started you know, hearing about coronavirus and when we were on lockdown in California, I got, you know, I, I was really focusing on just putting my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, you know, the most wisdom. He has. He is the all-wise in, in every circumstance that he 
places in our lives, there's so much wisdom in it. And there's this ayah in the Quran, in Surah Tawbah, and the basic translation is just um, nothing befalls us except for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for us. He is our, how would you translate that name? Uh, or that, he, or that, um, uh, we can say like Lord, it's not really Lord, but I can't think of a better translation right now. Yeah, and I shouldn't have said name, but that attribute yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how would you translate that as just he's the one who is going to take care of us, yeah. Um, and and let the believers um put their trust in, in Allah. And, and I, I used to hear this ayah and think like, okay, like nothing is going to befall us except for what Allah wills. And I used to think like, well, why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow anything difficult to befall us? Mm-hmm. And then the next ayah is, huwa maulana. And when we look at the tafsir of, of this ayah, um, subhanAllah, looking at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he has wisdom in everything that happens. There happens for a reason. And all of what you spoke about in turning back to him, um, like maybe this is also that we, someone, you know, something in our lives, we focus on the action and we go back to him in that. And so I think for me, like looking at, you know, he is the one who um, prevented um, something, some greater harm from happening. And maybe that greater harm is simply that God forbid God forbid that one of us were to meet him on the day of judgment, regretting our entire lives mm-hmm. because we never took time to go back to him in this mm-hmm. life. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you know, subhanAllah, there's a beautiful narration of Aisha radiallahu anha asking him sallallahu alaihi wasallam about plagues. And he sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, it is a punishment that Allah sends upon whomever he wills, but Allah has made it a mercy for the believers. Any servant who resides in a land afflicted by plague, remaining patient and hoping for reward from Allah knowing that nothing will befall him or her but what Allah has decreed, he or she will be given the reward of a martyr. And while we're not necessarily saying that this is the plague, I think it has a very similar concept that, you know, it can be a punishment in the sense of returning back to Allah and in that is a mercy. And for other people, like, you know, only Allah knows what their type of lifestyle has been Mm -hmm. and who Mm -hmm. they've harmed and who they've oppressed. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the difficult part of this conversation is that Already the most vulnerable people, for example, the Uyghurs of China, the most vulnerable population who we we, we wish we could do more to support and protect and and relieve from their extreme oppression there. um, They're they're more impacted by this than without it. And so it's hard, I think, sometimes for us to see like vulnerable populations are even more impacted by this because if you're in a refugee camp and you already don't have access to medical supplies, then what is it like when you have, you know, this 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 even greater trial but i think that for me when i when i think about like this barring of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy i think about how like that concept i think about how the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as you said like you know he couldn't go back into mecca and he sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his followers went trying to go make umrah they're in their they're in their ihram they're ready to go to the kaaba after so many years of being, you know, physically barred from going there after so many years of it being in battle, of of struggling with poverty, of not being able to eat, of being afraid, but also striving so hard to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're doing everything they possibly can. And yet with all of that, subhanAllah, they are 
still not able to go into Mecca. And the Prophet وسلم, you know, he's telling his believers what to do, but they are so emotionally overwhelmed by the Tudor Hudaybiyah and not being able to enter and feeling so just this this extreme sadness that they're not even following the orders of the Prophet وسلم, because of their own emotional states. And so Um Salama radiallahu anha, you know, her extremely sage advice of just going out and doing the action and the believers will follow. And I think for me, like that's a message that I've really taken away from a week in which at the beginning I felt so like I will trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these messages of it's a punishment and it's and you know, it's because of our heedlessness. Like I didn't see punishment in the way that you're talking about, Gina. And I think that that is so empowering. It's just like, no, punishment doesn't need to be a terrifying word. It can mean it's something that will bring islah to us. It's something that will bring um, change. And it was, it's something that we can use to bring tazkiyah and tarbiyah into our own lives. And like, but I didn't see it that way at first. I saw this as me going back into this place where no matter how much I did, I was never, never, ever good enough for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And I think it took time for me to reflect on the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether or not we are good enough for his mercy, he is still a Rahman and he is still a Shakur. Whether or not we are deserving of his appreciation, we never are. But he still appreciates what we do. And so for me, like going back to those names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just looking at like, who is Allah? We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us more than we could ever love ourselves. Therefore, anything that happens in our lives is the best for us because it is the best for us if we use that opportunity to go back to him. And the companions of the Prophet وسلم, as much as they were sad and overwhelmed and emotionally distraught, they then took action to move forward. And what happened? They came back to Mecca, but they came back in a state of Izzah and they came back in a state of this deep um, uh, humility and being conquerors of a city of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of a city that had fought against them and a city that had caused them so much pain and so much, so much hardship and so much turmoil and the loss of so many lives of their loved ones. But they came back to that city and they came back giving mercy to the people who had treated them in such difficult ways. And I just pray that inshallah, maybe at the end of this, that we come back bringing mercy to the earth that we have destroyed with our own hands. We come back with less consumption and greed that we have uh, in our own personal lives even had. Um, and maybe on some small level, inshallah, this 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 collective reflection will be a means that will heal so much of the earth that we have harmed and will be a means of healing so many of the relationships that we have neglected and i pray inshallah most importantly will be a means of helping us um hold on to the rope of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our worship of him and also in our dedication to social justice and changing so many of the oppressive practices of our of our world and being more vocal advocates for the way that we actually inshallah not just work for policies that make change, but even our, in our dua are more present in the dua that we make. Because if we've had the privilege of wealth and health and that we're able to ride this and feel grateful and that we have you know, enough toilet paper to last us for seven years, if we have the, the money and to be able to purchase those things and we're not facing you know, extreme poverty, which many of us are in the midst of all of this, then at least going back, inshallah, out of this, inshallah, with health and inshallah, without loss. And we pray for all the people who are directly affected by it. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove this affliction um, from us immediately. But like going back and inshallah, looking at how we can now really change our lifestyles and our lives, inshallah, be one in which calibrates with truly being khulafa al-ard and truly taking care of the earth and the people. Ameen. That was so beautiful, Maryam. Barakallah feech. Thank you so, so, so much. 
So I think um, we would leave probably our listeners with these thoughts. And inshallah, maybe you guys can uh, give us your comments um, and your feedback. And inshallah, we hope to record more of these podcasts. So also, you know, give us uh, any of your suggestions as well or any topics that you want to hear us talk about. And inshallah, we will. So jazakallah khair, Maryam. Jazakallah khair, Gina. Do you want to end us with a dua? أو جس سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك. الله خير إن شاء الله ويو تاكسون السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته.